Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, my name is Jonna, and I play football for Chelsea FC and for the Swedish national team. And you are listening to the Blue Day podcast. Hello Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast we are pleased to welcome this individual on the show today. He made 27 appearances for the club and played with the likes of Kerry Dixon, Graham Lasseau and Dennis Wise. Here is Damien Matthew. Damien, welcome to the Blue Day podcast, how are you? Fantastic Keith, good to be on and uh, yeah, always nice when you're a former Chelsea player to, to be involved, involved with St Chelsea. Well, Damon, this is the first interview of 2022, so it'll be nice to sort of pick your brains a little bit of Chelsea from years gone by. I know, I know, it's, I know it's been a while since you, you last played for the club, but I want to start the interview by asking, did you have any particular influences in your life when it came to deciding to become a professional footballer? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we spoke briefly before, uh, Keith, in terms of you're a young kid with that dream and and I was a kid that moved out of London when I was uh, about six or seven and ended up moving down to Kent. And the standard was good, but uh, you realise that you got older, that the standard was even better, closer to London. But I, I was that kid, you know, I was that kid that went to school in a little place called West Morning, played for Larkfield. And you'd always be saying to people, I want to be a professional football player. And, and the, I mean, I've coached kids for many years. And sometimes people do, are quite dismissive with that uh, that type of... Uh, ambition but it was always my dream and uh lucky enough you played for your school you played for your district played for your county so you went through that great journey that I feel young players in my time went through and then obviously the clubs come calling and uh later than they do now and you actually just felt ready if that made sense because you really had again that ambition and drive to want to be a player and I was very lucky I had a choice of a few clubs but I always use the, the example that once I walked off that Fulham Road and went through them blue gates as they was then, there seemed to be something a bit special that definitely hooked me. And I was, uh, yeah, delighted to sign as a schoolboy. And who were your idols growing up as a kid? It was funny. I mean, because obviously, yeah, I mean, I followed Chelsea and that, you know. I mean, you remember Clive Walker? That was probably the standout uh, candidate. Once I went there, the likes of Pat Nevin uh, were there. Kerry Dixon, as you mentioned, and that, you know, and 
ironic because when I was a scholar, I ended up cleaning Kerry. So I, I cleaned Kerry's boots. So that was great for me at Christmas because he always looked after looked after you and that, which was great. But uh, so you sort of had. I always felt Chelsea had so many flair players. We wasn't the 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 Chelsea that we are now, of course, with all the mm-hmm. success that we've had over the years. But I always felt that we had really good players, flair players, uh, and great characters and that. And uh, and as young kids, we I just felt we were surrounded by good coaches who really helped us. And, and more importantly, as we just said earlier, like Dave Lee's coming on and Jason Cundy and Graham Stewart. Frank Sinclair, you knew, and we're younger, Craig Burley. So you were surrounded by really, really good players yourself. And uh, I feel that definitely helped me. But, yeah, I never had real standout. I mean, if you said, like, I was more into, say, the French team then, of Platini and Tigana. So I, they, were, they were more exciting for me. And, that, you know, and obviously England had great players in Glenn Hoddle and, and Robson, uh, Paul Davis and that. So, so you had players that you admired. I didn't necessarily have these out-and-out idols as such. Now, you mentioned before that, that you started your career at Chelsea. And again, when you just mentioned the walk at Fulham Road and sort of seeing, seeing the ground and seeing everything sort of in front of you, do you have any sort of standout memories of starting your career at Chelsea in the academy? Yeah. I mean, you. it was funny, to be fair, because I used to... Uh, I came up a couple of times and you travel, you go to school, travel up on the uh, the bus all the way from Kemp and it t- took forever and that, you know, like to get, and we trained at Battersea Park and that, you know, and that was, that was Red Cinder then, you know, like, and, and again, it's a beautiful, beautiful facility in terms of Battersea Park, but we used to train on this Red Cinder and uh, Gwyn Williams was our coach and I, I just sort of said to Gwyn, I said, look, I said, the travel is like, is, is, is quite, quite very long. And you've got that dedication and focus and, and also maturity, I'd say, to recognise that, you know what, this is going to be tough, but I'm loving Chelsea. I, I still want to be part of it. So I used to come up just in the half terms. And that was great for me because you had something to look forward to uh, a great deal. So at 14, 15, I would come up more during the half terms. I remember one, I was staying with Dave Lee again, actually. So I was staying with Dave Lee and Diggs. We actually had Sean Dykes come down to uh, uh, on trial. He was a boy from sort of the Nottingham area. And I remember saying to him when I was about 14, 15, you're going to sign? Because I was adamant I was going to sign, like associated schoolboys. And uh, he said, yeah, I'll sign. And then the, the next I caught up with him, I'm playing for Burnley, he's playing for Chesterfield, and we're standing in the tunnel just about to play each other. And I remember saying to him, and I've been friends for a long time with Sean, that I thought you said you was going to sign. And he went, no, no, I was going to, I was going to, but my mum and dad wanted me to stay closer to home. So, again, it was more about the... Uh, the journey we had as young players, all the names I mentioned early, I'm sure all, all of them will speak fondly, not only when we made our debuts and playing for the, the, the great club, but also the journey to get us there was, was absolutely fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, good times. And you signed professional terms in around about 1989. That must have been a special moment for you and your family, knowing that all the hard work and sacrifices that you did has paid off. No, 100% Kevin, you know, and you, as I say, you're a kid with a dream, you sort of signed the associated school with forms it was then, you got your YTS, that was great, you finished your O-levels, it was at school, I, I was lucky, I mean, I didn't play a great deal in the first year, you sort of Jason Cundy, Dave Lee, they was a year older than me and that, you know, like, and you played some games and you were developing, not slowly, but you, again, the, the 
the opportunity for under-18s was more. So then the second year, I was really pleased because I was captain of the youth team and you obviously played. And you felt then that once you were captain in the youth team, which is still an honour to this day, you uh, you feel you want, you got a chance, basically, in that. So, yeah, we had then Bobby Campbell came in and and, and you knew, basically, that, that he liked you as a player, which always gives you confidence. Gwyn, Eddie Neveski, as I mentioned, really good people and that, you know, that, that surrounded you and helped you in your development. So when I, when you got the pro, you was yeah, absolutely delighted. You've mentioned Bobby Campbell. He was the manager at the time when you signed the professional forms. What was he like as a coach to you? He was brilliant, to be fair, Keith, for that, you know. I mean, he... Uh, it was funny because, I mean, I got on really well with John Hollins as well because he was Kent-based, so uh, so I got on really well with John. Uh, obviously, things didn't work out for him in, in whatever capacity. And Bobby came in and he, he was different to John in terms of uh, just character, totally different. But he was a real football man. Uh, he obviously had had a history uh, with Liverpool and he really was a, a great football man. And, uh, and in terms of like the way he wanted to play, his character, just very... Uh, strong, but I felt fair. He liked young players. He could see that young players had a passion and a hunger for the club. So you always felt that. Well, if you gave your your all and you gave uh, you showed that dedication, plus your talent, that you would get a chance. So yeah, I mean, he was great for us, wasn't he? Because he gave me and Graham Stewart our debuts at uh, against Crystal Palace. I remember it really well. Easter Monday and. Uh, with Gary O'Reilly getting sent off, it made you, you straight away thought, well, this is a great debut. And, you know, 11, 11 v 10, playing at Stamford Bridge with the quality we had, we've we, we got a great chance. And uh, we won that game 3-0. And then, obviously, I think with the following season, the team was under a little bit of pressure and, and Bobby stuck us in, didn't he, at Manchester United. So, again, they're, they're two games early in your career that you remember very, very strongly. I'll talk about the Man United game Later, but I want to sort of brush on the Crystal Palace win. It was 3 0. It was, as you said, it was your debut and it was also Graham Stewart's debut. What was yep. going through your mind on that occasion and when did you know that you was going to be in the team? Uh, we knew on the Saturday, but I think actually, I don't know, if, I think Chelsea might have let our parents know. Somehow they were there, basically, which obviously, which is great. So I can't remember. I don't. I definitely don't think we got told the day before, which sometimes happens. That well, in all walks of uh, football, and that, you know. But yeah, you felt great. It's uh, you obviously, like I said earlier, to catch in the youth team, catch in the reserves. It was very, very proud moments uh, in terms of an individual to be involved in the team. You've all got them, them dreams and aspirations, as I mentioned, and, and you look at the likes of Jason Cundy. I think made his debut after us, and that you know, like, but David Lear made his debut uh, before us. Gareth Hall was another really good young pro who, who was really tough on us as kids, but a brilliant role model in terms of like of of, of how he try and help you uh, be get ready for for the world we we're going into. And uh, so, yeah, delighted that one delighted to get the chance. It's everything for a young player for me to make that debut and then ultimately have a career. But yeah, great, great memories. And and as you say, it, it, it must be great memories because I remember it clearly, as you say, and the result very, very clearly. And I will touch on the Man United game. It was, We won 3-2 at Old Trafford in November of 1990. Do you have any particular stories of this game? Because 
at that time, you know, when Chelsea would go up to Old Trafford, we didn't have a bad record there. You know, we wouldn't sort of lose too too many games there. With the squad that we had, again, it wasn't the team that was going to be competing in the league, but you had great characters in the side. Do you have any good stories of, of that particular team that beat you? Definitely so. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, when you look at I think the midfield was obviously Andy Townsend, myself, Dennis Wise, and I think Graham the Stoke. Was it Graham or, or Graham Stewart? It was, a, it was the... Was it Graham Stewart played wide that day or was it Lasso? Yeah, actually, it must have been it must have been Graham. That was Graham, I think, because uh, we would have had Jury and Dixon up front. So uh, you actually looked at the calibre of uh, players. The senior players, it was a bit hit and miss, and that you know, which sometimes happens. You think that was a really strong team in terms of players, Besson, and it hadn't Cundy, quite gone. Hall, Graham Lasso did start. Ken Monkhouse, yeah. Stewart, Townsend, Wise, yourself. Dixon and Jury. Yeah, so what I think so Graham must have played left back that day then because obviously mm. uh, Tony Domingo might have been injured. So the players were immense. You know, I mean, I, I again looking back, uh, someone like Tony Domingo was was brilliant when he comes to the football club. Um, Andy Townsend, we all know how good Andy was. Wisey was, you know, a really good player, brilliant character, and obviously showed in terms of his longevity and how the level he went to over the years. Uh, he, he was class. Uh, so, Gordon Jury, I know a lot of Spurs, to, uh, Chelsea fans won't be happy with what I, what I say, but in terms of, but he was brilliant for us as young players because he was a brilliant player, Gordon, and a really good player, uh, great character for young, youngsters as well. Kerry was coming towards the end of his career, had a few injuries, but Kerry was still, you know, a great player, great character, but it just hadn't happened, had it, in, that, in terms of a team of senior players. And Bobby's decided to play uh, a few uh, young bloods, as we called ourselves, and that you know, like uh, I think Sydney Youngblood might have been that singer around at the time. So we sort of uh, we always had that belief and faith that us youngsters could could compete. But the only reason we had that belief was because them senior players did really nurture us and try to help us have that belief as well. So that's uh, I felt that was a real good point of Chelsea, and, and it's still strong to this day that all good senior players will definitely help the youngsters. And, uh, yeah, it was great times, great times. Was there anybody in particular that perhaps went the other way? So, say, a senior pro that would see all these kids come through, would they be a little bit worried about losing their spot, so to speak? Were there sort of anybody that would perhaps give the young players a bit too much of a hard time to try and, you know, more like tough love? Basically, yeah. was there anybody like that? Or no, definitely. I mean, I, w- I won't share the name of that, you know, but I remember going to a do one year, and uh, a wife of a player said to me, Thank- "Thanks for taking my husband's decision." And it was a little bit tongue in cheek, that you know, like. But I think that just shows you how competitive the environment was, and was, and we recognised that as well. I mean, because that's unfortunately that is the nature of the sport. Is the nature of any uh, nature of football? Is the nature of any uh, sport? that you have to be ultra competitive and you want to be successful in that. But, yeah, there was no... Of course, there was animosity and, and being blunt, Keith, players didn't get on with players, you know, in mm. terms of, like, uh, you just wouldn't like certain players and that. But you'd always have that respect. And I think that's a, a real crucial uh, word. And, and even now, as, as I develop young players, you say you deal with different characters. You, you sometimes don't warm to each other's teammates 
you've always got to have that coming common goal of where who you're trying to play for and who you're trying to develop. So uh, yeah, I won't <laughs> I won't throw anyone uh, yeah to the wolves and that you know like uh, because like I say when I look back. I don't have any animosity towards any player, you know. So it's like, uh, so it's, uh, so I think that's a good sign as well, you know. You was in and out of the squad this particular season, despite being a young player with other young players around you at the time. Was there an element of frustration? And did you speak to Bobby Campbell about, you know, sort of the lack of first team football that you was having at this stage? Yeah, I mean, it's something you, you, my dad would always uh, sometimes he'll look at it and think, oh, you should have maybe done this and that. But I always just use an example. We wasn't, as much as all these times were fantastic, Keith, we wasn't educated enough, I feel, on the side of the game, like on your physicality, for example. We were fit, we were professional, but you, don't, you didn't have the support that you have now. I with the sports science even psychologists, everything and that. So, yeah, I was uh, when I look back on my, my own self, yep, there was a bit of a disappointment that you didn't play. But also there's a little bit of a, a lack of knowledge, if that makes sense. That, you know, whereas nowadays young players are really well educated from uh, all the way through. But I say where from 15, 16, you really understand, well, look, if you don't play, just focus on your game, focus on what you can do well. And you'll get another chance, and you always will. We're probably in our day, we're a little bit sort of uh, moody, a little bit sort of uh, uh, kept the focus, but probably didn't train probably as, as sharp or as well as we could have done. Uh, so you learn from that. And uh, yeah, I made sure that in other times in my career, when you had them moments, that you had a Chelsea, because I'll be blunt, you were gutted that there were times you didn't play, and because it meant so much to you. So, uh, but you learn, you know, you're young, you're. Uh, Still trying to trying to learn. Some get it young. I, I got it a little bit later. So uh, yeah, there's definitely that regret and disappointment. But again, you always say you did what you wanted to do, which is play for the for your team. If that, if that makes sense. Just want to fast forward a little bit to the summer of '91. Bobby Campbell left. Ian Porterfield took over the role. At the time, what were your thoughts on the change, and what did you think of Ian Porterfield as? the coach yeah I mean great question that you know because again he was another one that when he became manager maybe that relationship with the players changed a little bit not for us because he, again he was another uh, real believer in us as a, as young players now and obviously he was Bobby Campbell's uh, number two he came in and as much as uh, as Bobby was a brilliant manager and uh, and a good coach Ian was a fantastic coach and he was really really uh, positive around us young players. I remember us going, we went on a fantastic trip to Canada. We went to uh, Whistler. Uh, we was in Vancouver and we and we went to Whistler. We played a, a, an end-of-season game. I mean, again, fantastic the opportunities we get in football. And he said to me while he was on the trip, he said, next year will be your year, Damien. And I mean, and that was great for me. That was like great management. You know, he, he might have known that he was going to get the manager's job. I think it was, wasn't it? It was already known that uh, Bobby was going to go upstairs, wasn't he, in some capacity. And I think Ian was going to uh, take over the manager and be the manager. And so for him to say that to me as a young player really did give you that boost and focus and and then everyone will be aware, which was a tragedy for me. But we then went on that pre-season trip, unfortunately, where there was a car accident. And uh, and it wasn't to be for me at that time under Ian. But then I had an injury as well. But, yeah, he was uh, 
I really liked him and, and God rest his soul. He was a, a really good man, really good towards the young players. And uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for him. Also in the summer of 91, Chelsea signed footballer who's now a Hollywood actor, Avini Jones. Do you have any stories of the great man? Um, <laughs> do you remember have sort of seeing him at training and playing alongside him? Yeah, yeah, Vinny, Vinny was outstanding for Chelsea, as we know, and uh, because again, similar to what I said earlier, and that how that now that I'm working uh, uh, at Millwall, and and obviously first time that I've been working here, from the outside looking in, you, you'd always maybe sometimes have an impression of someone. Not until you get to know someone, and obviously got to know Vinny very well. He, he was just class, Keith. You know, he was. Uh, he'd obviously come. Uh, from Leeds, he'd had that great spell at well both clubs, Wimbledon and Leeds, and he was everything that uh, a proper good professional is. He was all about the team. He was all about. He wanted to be uh, a leader in terms of like. And Chelsea, for me, was arguably one of his biggest clubs, and he was just different class, Vinny. And yeah, we had many a laugh. We had many a good Christmas do with him, and uh, yeah, one one I particular remember very well where. We ended up just me, Vinny, and uh, and Jason Cundy, and we ended up in the uh, a bar in Fleet Street where I think uh, it, it, he loved it because it was the famous picture of him grabbing Gaz's, you know what, and uh, and he just chuckled as he, he as he looked at it, and we we continued the night. But yeah, no, Vinny was different class. Great man, great character, uh, great on the training pitch in terms of like giving the lads a boost giving them a bit of a G up if needed. So, yeah, I had a great time with Vinny. And, and like I said earlier, Dennis Wise. And, I mean, it was a time when Andy was, I think, looking to sort of Andy Townsend, unfortunately, was wanting to go higher. And I, I get it at the time and that, you know, in terms of whatever club he, he went to Aston Villa, I know. But, uh, but yeah, they, they were all good role models for us as youngsters because we were still young. Now, your first appearance of the 91-92 season... You got sent off in a game against Tranmere in the League Cup, which we would go on to lose three-one. Yep. Was this a bad? I say bad day in the office for you, but a bad day in the office for the team. Do you have any memories of on this occasion of that game? Yeah, no, I, I, I have three great memories. Obviously, the first one is we got beat, so that's never a good memory. Uh, and then uh, when I did get sent off again, it shows the quality of Vinny because he was the one that. Obviously, you sort of went down the tunnel, and nowadays there's so many staff. You you have someone walk with you, and that you know. But it's a lonely place when you get sent off, and that you know because you're you normally just you went off to the change room on your own. But Vinny came straight down, came straight down into the change room, said you didn't really deserve that. Uh, then we was watching it on the telly, and it was obviously when that John Aldred, Kevin Hitchcock knew that John Aldred did the little shimmy, told the referee like, look make sure he doesn't do that shimmy before he actually takes the penalty. They allow it now. So uh, I know everyone was going mental afterwards and that, you know, but uh, one of them games, you know, one of them games you shouldn't lose, but you do. And yeah, it's frustrating on all, all levels. Frustrating to get sent off, but more importantly, frustrating that the team got beat. And it was a long period from November to April of the, in, that, in that period where you wasn't playing. You did return to the side near the end of the season. Was there a point in your young career at this time that you thought about maybe leaving Chelsea to get first-team football that you obviously needed? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'll know better than me, Cooper, like just with the dates they know. I can't remember if that was the year where I had the broken bone in my foot. So whether it was like, uh, which took just ages to get diagnosed. And when we did get it diagnosed, it still hadn't healed properly. So I can't remember if it was that season or the season before. But yeah, no, it was a long time. Uh, yes, the frustration was probably more the when I had been flying in terms of obviously you, you get into the first team and you saw, well, you signed your first professional contract, then me and Graham signed another one one year later. You were happy, you know, you, you, you're doing well for, for the age and where you're at. And again, we were lucky enough to represent England under-21s. And, and when we went away and, and as players do, you, you talk about your different uh, salaries. Like we were, you know, again, the Man United boys were, were, couldn't believe what, what salaries we were on. And, you know, so it wasn't as if we were we were treated unfairly at Chelsea. We, we were treated very fairly. When I did get back in as well at some stage, I'd been offered an unbelievable contract as well. You know, so so I think it was like a bit of not so much I thought I'd arrived, but I actually thought I was probably uh, on a level playing field with certain things. Where actually, in hindsight, I was still a very, very young man, Keith, and that, you know, right? So, as I said earlier, the frustration I had, I wish that I'd actually used that a little bit more uh, positively in terms of the training and certain things. But again, that's how you learn. And, and hopefully, uh, I've been in youth development a long, long time. You always try to help young players in that capacity as well. That if you get offered a contract and you're happy, just sign it, you know, like, because if you're going to play well, you'll get rewarded the club will reward you. It's not as if they, they don't... Like, if you're playing well, the club wants to reward you, you know? Like, uh, I've, too, I haven't found that too often. The club just wants to... Unless they need the revenue. I've been at places like Charlton where we've had to, unfortunately, they had to sell players just to, to bring some revenue in and you understand that as well. But the likes of Chelsea have always been quite stable would be the word I use, even in our times of not having the big the big money that now we've had with a Bambridge. But it's been pretty stable with players and that. And obviously, nine times out of ten, players left in my time because they wanted to leave. You know, very rarely did Chelsea have to sell a player for astronomical amounts of money because they needed to do something. Uh, that probably come a little bit after my time. Fast forward a little bit to the 92-93 season, the inaugural Premier League season, which is nearly 30 years ago. Chelsea began their campaign at home to Oldham and you started the game to start first game of the season new season you know new expectations on the club did this give you a bit of a, a confidence boost knowing obviously as you said what perhaps transpired beforehand to then sort of get the start early doors was this a positive for you in, in your mindset going forward 100 percent you know because um I think Ian Portfield was the manager, wasn't he still? Was Ian Portfield yes. the manager? Hmm. Yeah. So Ian, yeah, so I remember it clearly like so Ian Portfield was the manager. And so that would have been, I think, Vancouver and then that season starting. So maybe I did my foot um this year. But the uh, to be given the number eight is like I'm still proud to this day because you think of all the legends that have worn the shirt since to actually be the first number eight for Chelsea is is something I'll be always very, very proud of if that yeah. I'm really, I'm really thankful. So yes, I was, I was uh, delighted that uh, that you got given the opportunity. Trying to think where because we played. It was me. Was it? Did Andy, Vinny, and uh, myself play that day, or was it? Just trying to think what three played. I'm having a look now. 
because Paul Paul Elliott played. Robert Fletcher yeah. started. Mick Harford was there, and I, I believe he yeah, he did score. Yeah. Graham Stewart and Andy Townsend. Yes, yes, yeah. In so yeah, field. so I think yeah, and was Vinny and was Vinny in that team as well? Was Vinny, Vinny in Jones the field? Was in the team, yeah. Yeah, so I think the way I mean it just shows you like, like nowadays we all played four four two in them days, and you know, like if if it had been uh, nowadays, it would have been like a four three three, and I'd probably still be playing with Chelsea even at about fifty one. But uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's funny because uh, we were bog standard four four two, and I do believe I'm trying to think like cause I definitely didn't play on the left; I was more in the centre. So it must have been Andy was maybe forced a little bit out left, which he wouldn't have been too happy about now, you know, and Vinny in the middle as well. But yeah, no, you felt you gave, you had the opportunity. And then I remember the Norwich game as well. We didn't, again, being blunt, it, it didn't go so well. I think we got beat. They had a decent team to their credit. And then that was uh, my opportunity, like stopped as such. But I think maybe, um, and, and no fault, you know, just the, the sort of way we played as well, and you know, but again, you you uh, you blame not you don't blame yourself, but you're disappointed that you didn't perform to the best of your ability. But that's life, you know, it's football. Well, I'm glad you sort of mentioned the Norwich game because after that, later that year, you were then went out. You then went out on loan to Luton Town. Yep, yep. Can you share some of the sort of details on in in regards to this move? Was it the club's decision or was it your decision? To decide I mean, to... I remember it well. Yeah, I mean, cause we had Don Howe, didn't we? Another great, great, great man, great coach, Don. And uh, I'm getting to that stage now because, as you say, it's ni- season nineteen, just ni- ninety-two, ninety-three. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So like, so now I'm turning twenty-two. Obviously, I was September born, so I'm twenty-two. And in Chelsea's defence, and and then even in my defence, I want to play. You know, like all, all kids that get to that age that. At that stage, you're still calling you a kid, but you're a young man and you want to play. And I was quite full for it being blunt because you'd obviously had played previously. You'd been around the scene for a good few years. I would obviously would have naturally spoke to Ian. I would have spoke to Dom. When I, again, you know, not necessarily looking back, but the advice they gave me at the time was, was spot on. And, that, you know, in terms of, as most managers and coaches would say, look, get your head down. If an opportunity arises, then... Then, then you'll get a chance. But also, if someone comes in for you on loan, and because I had had the chance, when David Plee um, spoke to me and uh, uh, and gave me the opportunity, you were thinking, and I think in that month, I ended up playing about six games for him, I think, or even more. I was there two months. But what, what was funny was I, I enjoyed it there. I absolutely loved it there. I mean, he was brilliant, David Plee. Uh, Chris Kamara was there. He, he sort of, uh, He was excellent for me. Um, he was a senior pro, similar to what we said about Vinny. He played with Vinny actually at Leeds, but he was just a brilliant man, a brilliant pro. Sort of took you under his wing a little bit in terms of like playing in midfield with him. There was another uh, Ricky Hill was training there. And you had some, they had some really good players. They had some really good senior players as well. Some good youngsters coming through. Paul Telfer, some really good senior players. Uh, John Hartson was my apprentice, and that you know was uh, was uh, clean my boots. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I remember it really well. So it's a really good football club. But then I had a vibe. I, I just got this vibe uh, that potentially they were going to, I don't know how I heard about it, but I heard that they might, Chelsea might look to sell me to Luton and Alex Chamberlain, who comes to Chelsea and I you know, was a great guy, uh, could go the other way. 
And that actually really cheats me off on that, you know, because I'm thinking I hadn't heard any of it. And I actually don't want to leave Chelsea. I still want to be part, hopefully, of the future. They're my team. So I actually came back. So after uh, the loan period, I, I, I personally cut short myself because I was, like I said, I've always been a bit, uh, not stubborn, but strong. And, and uh, I think we were brought up that way, Keith, and that, you know, at times, uh, probably not right. But uh, yeah, I ended up coming back to Chelsea and, and I still didn't feature it, you know. So I think there was a, there was a little bit of a, not animosity, but yeah, it was just one of them things, you know. And it wasn't until, as you mentioned, it was a long time when you did cut short your loan move. It wasn't sort of straight away that you was back into the fold of being selected for Chelsea. It wasn't until 93 you returned eventually to the starting eleven against Arsenal. Did Ian at the time sort of spend time with you to discuss his plans for you going forward or was this just a case of just turning up at training and hoping you would be picked? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was slowly the days of... Uh agents becoming more involved in football and and it was going that way where not so much you because you you end up getting if I'm being blunt you end up getting cheesed off going to see the manager once a week or once every couple of weeks and saying look will I get a chance and them saying well train well get your head down of course you'll get a chance on that and they were always fine and, and Ian like I said I've got I, I had the utmost respect for, for Ian and 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 Don uh, I think Don might have I think Don left at some stage then. I don't know if we, I don't know if he's still with us and that, you know, in terms of uh, coaching. Obviously, we had, uh, you know, Eddie in the best years, I mentioned early, earlier. He'd been a real uh, strong ally of our, uh, us young players now because he'd been our youth team coach. He was now reserve team coach. So he would always help us. Eddie, he was, he was different class. As I mentioned, Gwyn would always give us uh, stern but sort of uh, uh, good advice. So, uh, so I felt the advice we were getting was spot on. You do, being blunt and uh, and being totally honest, you do get demoralised, you do get disappointed, you do get frustrated because all you want to do is play in the first team. But we're also realist as well, knowing that if you have a squad of, even in them days, say there was 20, 24 pros, only 11 can play. And then I forget how many subs it was in them days. I remember it was still three, uh, probably was only three subs. But like, uh, so there was limited opportunity. That that's probably what's better nowadays, uh, Keith. Is that you can have seven, seven, eight, seven subs. So it actually it relays it sort of a lot, sort of eases the eases the disappointment because you're gutted you're not playing, but still to be one of the subs, at least you feel part of it, you know. So uh, whereas we could train all week, not get on the bench, and it, it, it's gutting when you want to play for your team, you know. And especially in your role now as working in the youth development side, if you are a young player and you've been working hard all week at training and that that pathway is slowly getting there, even to be on the bench, whether it's a League Cup tie, FA Cup or a you know, crucial leagues team, that must sort of give a, a young player the massive confidence and even someone like yourself who has been there and done it, in, in, into a sense to have five, six, or even a seven subs, that you know it does help the young talent, doesn't it? Well, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because again, the opportunities there for you and that. I mean, you might be winning handsomely, and the manager can take the gamble, put you on. 
you might be struggling. And even though he might have wanted to put a striker on, the um, he's not selected. And you end up putting a winger. You might be a winger, but you end up playing up front. And I like Graham Stewart, you know, Graham Stewart, all for our sort of youth team days, was a wide player, but ended up doing a great job for Chelsea, playing as a forward where he could play, uh, you know. So, and again, he did play that, whether it's the youth or, or the uh, or the reserves, but was predominantly a wide player, you know, but did well for Chelsea as a wide player or uh, centre-forward. So, uh, yeah, definitely them more subs help players, I think, especially younger players, not only just develop, but also keep that focus as well, because obviously the salaries are now astronomical and that, you know, and, and they, they need to be involved for me because if you're just training, picking up that type of salary, you, you, you lose that motivation and the motivation is everything. Now in February of 94, you left Chelsea to join Crystal Palace. What was the reasoning factors behind this move? And do you have any stories on, on this particular occasion? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's clear, actually, because as we said, I mean, to be fair to Glenn Hoddle, he was very good when he came in. And, and it's ironic to be fair, because as we were developing, you, you'd look at it, and there was, say, me, Eddie Newton and Craig Burley. And obviously, being the older one, at one stage, you, you were considered the, the one that would be closer to the first team. And then it was funny, because I think Craig was going to get sold to Coventry. They couldn't agree the deal under Hoddle. Uh, Eddie had had a good loan move, I think, to Cardiff. And Hoddle had actually offered me a contract. They'd offered me like a, a three-year deal when Hoddle joined. And it was, again, me being a bit stubborn because the actual uh, salary level was lower than what they'd offered me a couple of years before. The whole package was more. But me being a bit stubborn and thinking I was entitled to a certain amount, uh, sort of didn't, wasn't cheesed off with Glenn, far from it, because I, I really liked Glenn. He was a, a really good really good coach. I think it was early in his career, so his, his man management got better, and he was, like, really good and that, you know. But, uh, uh, but he did offer me a contract, and I think he liked my style of, like, my type of play. He was obviously a, a footballer, creator, a passer. So he did generally like my, my style of play. But... Uh, because I hadn't signed the contract, I just stayed on a week-to-week, as you could do then, and wasn't getting opportunities. I just felt it now was probably the right time. And, you know, I was like 20, I would have been 23 years old, and um, it maybe was the right time to go. And, and being blunt, I was going to a club that straight away was saying, look, you're going to play. And that was like, a, that was a godsend for me, because, I mean, t- to his credit, Alan Smith, I literally did. I signed and, and played every game that I was fit to play and uh, and ended up sneaking a championship medal up uh, and promotion to the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, I was very lucky because it wasn't... Apart from, apart from scoring an average goal at uh, Notts Forest, uh, it was down to all them other good players that were there at the time, you know? Now, discussed your career and obviously mentioned your time with Chelsea. Was there any particular people that were... If, if you remember, were a bit sad to see you go? Did you have any sort of last words, as you say, with Glenn or with your sort of former teammates when you did move? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to be fair because you're, you're pleased in one way and I don't mean that uh, negative towards Chelsea because hopefully uh, my passion for Chelsea is still to this day and I was at the game uh, la- the other week, last week, against Tottenham uh, at White Hart Lane, so... 
uh, sitting with a friend of mine who works at Tottenham. So, so it was great being a Chelsea fan, sitting there amongst all the Tottenham fans. And uh, he said to me, I did well when Rudy was scored just to uh, keep my composure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, of course, uh, you're, on a professional level, I was pleased that I was going, Keith, in terms of the opportunity to come and play. But on a personal, and then obviously from a, a professional of how much love and respect I got for Chelsea, of course you were disappointed. And I'll be totally honest with you, it took a good many years. I even when I went to Burnley, and, and even to this day now, people probably get sick, tired of me talking about uh, my time at Chelsea or opportunities. So hopefully people can tell how fond I am of all my time at Chelsea, whether you played or didn't play. Again, now you're older, wiser, you've learned from it and, and respect everything that happened. And uh, yeah, no, you were, your mixed emotions would probably be the right word, but pleased to go and play. And it was a great club palace with good people, some really good players. And uh, yeah, disappointed that maybe I hadn't played enough games at Chelsea would probably be my only regret. You know, you maybe, I think someone gave me saying, well, it was great. They gave me, uh, we used to have a fantastic guy. He used to follow the youth team, reserves and the first team Ron I forget his surname bless him but so he gave me something once and I think I ended up playing about 150 reserve games which is crazy because I looked at them for maybe a 50 of them should have been first team games as well you know but that's life you know that's life you had you had a great time you know and being blunt you've been yeah totally honoured to, to represent Chelsea Now I want to talk to you Damien about the current events what's going on in the world of football and I asked this question to all my previous guests last year and even sort of the back end of 2020 when we started. And it's been a bit of a popular topic, a bit of a, a hot topic to some and other people still don't like it in, in the game. But I want to get your thoughts on VAR. Are you for it? Yep. Do you feel that it still needs to be tweaked? Are you a fan yep. of it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've had goal line technology. So I think anything that helps make a quick decision on goals, whether that's from a penalty decision, uh, strains the, the coolness and like set-piece scenario really drives me mad, really, because I actually think referees don't need VAR so much for that, even though I know if there's a penalty decision, they can look at it. Because I think they, a, refer, a really good referee sorts that out very like straight away. So he actually then saves having to go to VAR, if that makes sense now. So I'm okay with it. I think it's it's crazy the offside rule because we're like everyone talks about it every week of like of how they're not they haven't been making that decision quick enough. And we have been very fortunate that we haven't seen any serious injuries yet and, and touch wood we never do. But I, I would say I'm I'm all for any progress in football that makes the decision clearer obviously the argument would come VR, VAR uh, all it's done is confuse some of the decisions and I wouldn't uh, argue against that so I, I just think I mean I've heard different uh, scenarios being suggested and I love the, the scenario that the referees and officials who are working on uh, obviously on the pitch basically have more influence with the people who are working off the pitch because they should be real ultra professionals as well. And if you're working with a team of people that you work with maybe over a certain amount of games, then that relationship is going to become stronger. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm for it, but only for the progress. I don't like the delays. I think the delays are, are too long at times. Now, I want to touch on, as you've 
sort of mentioned the game against Tottenham in the League Cup, which I went to as well. It was a great day out, to be fair. It was uh, nice to see all the uh, Spurs fans with glum faces. But I want to get your thoughts on the current Chelsea, um, the current European champions. League-wise, not doing too great at this moment in time, but we're still in the FA Cup. We're in the League Cup final as well. What's been your thoughts looking sort of on the outside of Chelsea? Have you been impressed with them? Has there been any sort of players that have s- stood out for you this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've been magnificent, Keith. And, uh, and, and as you say, to, to be the Champions League winners. And then I felt we started the season OK and then I had a brilliant spell. And then I think I had the statement the other day and I, I unfortunately didn't watch the Brighton game. But when uh, they said that Brighton had only played nine games and we had played 15, I think it was, and just them extra six games, and I'm not defending players far from it, but just them extra six games in that space of time just shows you. So when Tuchel, sometimes managers make the quote that players might be tired physically or mentally. And obviously being a, a former professional you understand exactly what he's trying to say there. He's not saying they can't perform, far from it. Because I think sometimes with COVID, it, it's been, uh, it's been, it means that teams haven't played and maybe they could have done. But I just think Chelsea have actually been like, whether it's mental or, or, or physically fatigued, I'm not privy to, to that information. And also you then factor in players like Lukaku, who has obviously been fantastic at the beginning of the season. Then he gets his injury the type of player he is. It seems that he always needs to need a run of games to get in the groove again. You then uh, look at the likes of Mason Mount as well. Obviously, been involved in the Euros, been outstanding at certain times. Canty, who we know, just unbelievable, just fantastic. But had a few niggles and that. So you look at all them factors, they do make a difference because if you don't have your best 11 out there, and I'm not saying Chelsea have the best, can have a best 18 with the calibre of players we have, you then also got one or two young ones who are still finding their sort of uh, their pathway. So yeah, it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult for Chelsea. And I'm not defending them. And uh, and credit where credit's due, Man City are top top draw, aren't they? You know. And lastly, Damien, and thanks very much for coming on to the show today. How do you look back on your time at Chelsea? Well, as I said, I mean, I, I, I claim to be really a Chelsea fan from the age of 14. I'm now 51, so that's 37 good years. I, I just look on it really fondly, uh, Keith, is that you was that kid with a dream and you obviously don't know who you're going to play for. So I was honoured to play for Chelsea and obviously to, to say that from the age of 14, where in my day it, it, it did start to matter of how seriously you took the football to actually represent Chelsea all the way through schoolboy, youth team reserves, and then first team, also to represent your country, England under 21s, while being a Chelsea player. I look back on my time as a, a beautiful time, and uh, that's why I'm still so fond of the Blues now. And, and I worked there as well when I went back in 2000 to 2006 in the academy. That was a real pleasure as well, and that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I feel very proud that. I've represented them in, in, in both as a, a player and as a coach. And, uh, yeah, I look back on my time really fondly with great memories. And also, more important for me, I always use talk about this, as much as it's great being a footballer, it was also great the people I was around as well because I had some great people that, uh, that you basically grew up with and then played football with. So, even better. 
Well, Damien, I think this interview could not have been any better. So, again, thank you very much for your time and good luck with your role at, at Millwall. And hopefully we'll see you down at the bridge quite soon. I hope so, okay. All the best. Podcast Network.